Greetings, everyone. This is Devon Carson with the Second Chance Leadership Podcast. I would like to thank you for tuning in today. I would like for everyone to sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. And remember, Leadership Nation, we take risks, we embrace failure. Getting it wrong is okay as long as you get your hands dirty, you learn, and reflect. Let's enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, Second Chance Leadership Podcast. I am here with Dr. Eric Wood, who is the Deputy Athletic Director at Central Florida, who just won their very own national championship. And I am so, so pumped and so excited, um, not only to call him friend, but I get to call him my fraternal brother, my brother in Christ, and uh, a blowback from way back, uh, one of my accountability partners from about a decade ago, and uh, it is just so good to reconnect, catch up, and get some leadership nuggets from this intelligent alpha brother right here. I appreciate you, man. Hey, hey, not me, it's you, it's all you, but before (laughs) we get started, if you would just kind of give me um, a a quick version of, of who you are and where you've been. Yeah, well, again, I'm excited to uh, to join the podcast. Uh, commend you on your leadership with this thing. And um, so, uh, again, Eric Wood. I'm originally from the Bronx in New York City. Obviously, our connection was in uh, North Carolina during my time at Wake Forest University, serving uh, as an assistant director in the compliance office, uh, NCAA compliance office during that time. And then I moved on to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, office, which was housed out of Greensboro, uh, became a director there, um, and had opportunities uh, subsequent to that that moved to University of Arkansas, where I went from assistant athletic director to associate athletic director, um, and then uh, arrived here at Central Florida, uh, which we affectionately call UCF, um, in March of 2016 uh, as a senior associate athletic director and was blessed this summer uh, in August to get promoted to deputy athletic director for the department, which is essentially serving as a, a number two uh, to the uh, vice president of athletics, uh, Dr. Danny White. So um, I, I, I have the good fortune of learning under his leadership and helping him run the day-to-day operations uh, for the athletic department. Wow, my brother, you have been so busy, so busy and making sure that uh, these leadership connections are working for you. The first yes. question I would like to ask you is, what is your favorite leadership quote? So I, I don't know who it's attributed to, so I'm going to say anonymous on that. And I wish I could even go back to the time that I came across it. But, you know, you, you always, you know, there, there are certain things that resonate with you. And uh, the quote that resonated with me most was that, and, and it wouldn't surprise you that I live in an athletic space and within higher education, but it's that you're coaching it or you're allowing it um, yeah. Yeah. As, as it relates to your leadership. And I, this, this particular quote was um, impactful for me and it resonated with me is because, because naturally 
um, I'm not, I'm non-confrontational. And, and so you, you wish that when you're sitting in a leadership role, whether that's a principal, a director, you're a middle manager, and you have a unit of staff that you oversee, um, you wish that people work the way you work. You wish that they approach things the way you work, the way you do, and, and you tend to even hire that way. Um, but when they don't, your first question you ask is, did I, did I address that? And if not, you provide a little leeway there on, on, on how they work. Um, but if something is bothering you as the leader, something is impacting the growth of the organization, and you don't address it, then it's on you as the leader. And that just really resonated with me. I'm either going to address it, and that doesn't mean that it has to be a, a negative thing. But I'm either going – you're either going to address it so that the expectation is set and the direction of that behavior has changed, or you're going to allow it because you don't – you don't – you haven't mustered up enough, uh, uh, you know, energy to confront it when it's really what's best for the organization. So you're either coaching it or allowing it is my favorite leadership quote, and it, it makes sense just having been a, a student athlete from eight years old to 22 years old in college. It just really resonated with me, and it's the way I approach the job here. Yeah, I so agree with you, so agree with you. As the leader, you're responsible for everything, uh, that's right. the good things and the bad things. And I often used to say, if something good happens, it's because I have great people. If something bad happens, it's because of where I messed up. And so as the leader, you are completely right. You have to have complete ownership of of those responsibilities and and right uh, it, it either happened because you allowed it or it happened because uh you didn't say anything and that still falls back on the leaders exactly uh love exactly. that love that truth love that truth right there is there any special way how you apply this in your daily life or your personal life you know what it's it it it, it so applies to my life because I am a guy that will find excuses when I can't get something done. Um and and and, and let's let's honestly this this goes to um me getting to work on time uh physically uh as I as I you know try to get back in those college days and try to get into shape like we used to in college, right? And <laughs> what I keep saying to myself is you're you know maybe not so much you're coaching it or allowing it, but I say to myself you're allowing it. You can change this. You can find a way to get to work on time. You can find a way to, to you know, dress the way uh, the, you know, the, how the expectation has been set for you dressed to be dressed at that, you know, at the job. Um, you can get in the shape. You can find a way to work out. You can find a way to, as my well, one of my now favorite authors, Bob Bodine in Two Chairs, says, you can find an opportunity to spend some time in the Word in the morning. Um, or over lunch, or now you, you can make time for the things that are important to you. And so while maybe I don't say I'm coaching it or allowing it, but when things aren't going the way I want them to go in my life, again, whether that's physically getting in shape, spiritually taking my, you know, taking uh, time to do that, or being husband and daddy, I say to myself, that's you. You are allowing that to happen. So while it's my leadership quote at, at work, um, it tends to be my, my leadership quote for my life as it relates to discipline and, and making changes that I want to see in my life. Wow, that's that's deep. That's deep. I'm just thinking back. There's a book, actually, I think just officially released today by Daniel Pink. 
the author of the book called Drive. Uh, but in ah. his new book, uh, which is called Win, he talks about um, when is the optimal time to do certain tasks. And he right. doesn't check his email uh, first thing in the morning. He saves that for an afternoon task because he knows that's kind of a mindless task and not something that you have to be have all your mental faculties right there at one given time. Ah. So he says he says be be strategic about when you do certain tasks. He also goes on in his book um, to state that uh, regardless of how much time you have, you will fill it up with yes. with, with whatever you know. So yes. if you have two hours to do a task you will spend the entire two hours doing it. But if you only have 10 minutes to do a task, you will spend that 10 minutes to do it. So he was like, we got to focus our mind to stay focused <laughs> on right. the task at hand. A lot of times we allow ourselves to drift. I know when I go into work, I say, okay, I got to do A, B, and C. And uh, I got two hours to get it done. But yet, well, I'll go in, I'll, I'll, I'll check my email. Then I'll go in and be like, all right, I got to check my Inside Carolina account, see what's happening in Target right. Nation. And right. before you know it, I'm an hour and a half into it. And like now I got 30 minutes. So I, I spend the last 30 minutes, you know, trying to trying to turn it out real quick. So um, Exactly. Uh, and, I, you, and then I, you, add, you add pressure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You add yeah. pressure. I, I find myself what I did last year. When, when, you know, my word for the year was prepare, and I, I said, well, physically, I've got to find a way to get more energy. And, and you know what? When, you, when your suit doesn't fit right, your sport coat doesn't fit right, <laughs> regardless of what you say, you lose a little confidence. When you've yeah. got to get in front of a group and manage them or share a word of encouragement or uh, provide some, some leadership, you're worried about, you know, are my clothes too tight? Is my belly hanging over? My, and not, not that this is just physical, but what I'm saying is confidence. Right. If I'm worried about all these other things and I'm not. So I, when I, I share that to say that I had to plug in on my calendar, work out, and I had to have our administrative assistant say, look, that that space is needed, is protected for, for me to be as good as I need to be. I need you to not schedule anybody, students or staff within that 12 to one period. I'm going to work out. Now, if it's the boss man, call me and we'll make a, you know, but I tried to I tried to protect that space so that I can be as good as I needed to be. And it gave me a minute to refresh my mind in the middle of the day. And you know what, if there was just a meeting I couldn't avoid during that time, then I made sure I got in early to get, get it in, you know? So right. you're right. Like you've got to, you've got to manage and take control as best you can of your schedule and, and find ways to get it in. We make time. We, we absolutely make time for the things that are important to us. Love it. Love it. Another yeah. value bomb right there. Hey, in your mind, what is the biggest challenge you have to overcome? And describe the events that led up to this challenge. So to me, um, I, I read Simon Sinek's book, you know, Start With yeah. Why. Read, read, read that book. In fact, I bought it for my entire staff uh, during my time at Arkansas because there were people Love that it. had been there for, for a long time. And they've been academic advisors, and it's kind of like, why am I doing this? You know, right. they, they've sort of lost a little bit of their why, and there were new, fresh faces coming in that were about to encounter some things that, you know, they got into the field to serve people and serve kids, but there are administrative components and a lot of red tape and head coaches you have to deal with that may not share the same value. Uh, even though they're in the same industry. And so they got the book to talk about, hey, remember when the times get tough, here's why you you got into this field. 
Um, and, and everybody on every part of the spectrum needs that part. They need to understand their why. And, and what I learned from that book was, you know, you get burnt out when you forget why you're doing it. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. so, you know, the biggest challenge for me was in, in 2009 when I had an opportunity to leave the ACC, the conference office, and I wanted to go do some work that I thought was going to be directly impacted with student athletes. And I called upon my mentors and said, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing at the University of Arkansas. And the challenge there was if you go do that, it may be career suicide because that's not the path to becoming an athletic director. You can't go be the life coach, the life skills guy, the student athlete development guy at Arkansas and, and become an athletic director. That, that's not the path people take. And so the challenge there was do I do what I do I pursue this because I love it and the impact that it's going to have on other people or do I avoid doing that what I believe is my passion and and I chase this other route because that's the quickest way to the top that was the wow. biggest challenge for me and I prayed on it and I just I ended up saying you know what if if I want to go do this and I think serving college age people is where I belong I'm going to go do that with the risk knowing that that may not lead to the athletic director spot, but it's what I love to do. And that was a risk, man. Like, especially after speaking to your mentors who said, don't do it, you know? Um, and I did it. And now, you know, nine years later, I'm, I'm sitting at the number two spot, knocking on the door, still achieving that goal. And I'm, so I'm glad I pursued the passion over the path um, yeah. at that time. See, and that's what, I love about you is because one, you have such an infectious personality and you're just so charismatic about it. And I love the fact that you're hitting on your why, because I'm, I'm a firm believer. It's okay to take risk and you have to do what it is that you're passionate about. Regardless, right. you always seek wise and godly counsel, but at the end of the day, you have to put all those pieces of information together to make the biggest and the best decision for you and for your family. And I think right. that if you go into any interview and you explain your why and it is solid and right. folks will resonate with that. Matter of fact, folks will appreciate that because here's right. a guy who knows that this could have a detrimental effect, but yet he's still willing to take the risk to, to exude his why and to live out his passion. And and what else would happen but be blessed from that? Um, because I think a lot of leaders today, they're not passionate about what they do. They do it right. because someone told them this is how you get to the next level. As a matter of fact, I've done that in my own life. All right, climbing that corporate ladder. All right, step number 25, check. Step, step right. number 26, check. But yet you have to take it back to your passion. I, I think your passion and your why will carry you further than anything else you can do so uh, correct and, and I, you I got it and you got to thank you thank you and, and, and listen these are struggles right these are right this right. is you know there, there are often times where i say do i pursue like the the ultimate goal for me is to be the athletic director at a division one institution still haven't determined what level of division one as you as, as you and i as sports enthusiasts know that there's the north carolina <laughs> wakes and arkansas of the world and then there are these there's this second you know this other tier um, and don't don't forget Tennessee too. 
Oh, yeah, sorry, 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 yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And Clemson, since we're talking about uh, <laughs> programs. And, uh, but, yes, like the, there's that tier, there's a, there's another tier, you know, where um, where they're not making $40 million on TV revenue and, and right. you've got boosters out, the, you know, controlling the, you know, the, the athletic department and, and people are, I would say, just more so in it for the impact that, um, athletics and and the higher ed have on people's young people's lives. They, you know, there's they, just different levels of it. So, but that being said, as I continue to just chip away at this thing and learn more about myself, I have to keep asking myself: Are you okay not becoming the athletic director? If that you know, if that means that you you, you settle in at the number two spot and you're at a happy place where you can still have impact on students and you can still you know, have achieved a high level of success. Are you okay ending your career right there? And I'm I'm still wondering, you know, I'm still working my way through figuring out, do I want to have, you know, do I like the spot where I am while I still have impact? Or is that going to be considered a failure in my life because I never became the VAD and I'm mm-hmm. still there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, talk to me about what was your light bulb moment? And what were the events that led up to this moment? Um, you know, I had an opportunity to, uh, and I, and I know you've done this too. That you know, there are opportunities to 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 participate in um, not personality assessments, but things like the DISC assessment, and yep. um, you know, where you get to find out about your behavioral style as a leader. Um, and so I, I, I took that assessment. Um, as a leader, and then I had one of those. You, you know, as part of that, you end up doing like a three hundred and sixty degree evaluation as well. Humbly, yes. The, 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 the light bulb moment is you may not be leading the way you think you're leading. You know, first of all, it's really uh, it's really humbling to even allow people to evaluate you because you could be the leader where you're just going, you know. I know what I stand for, and I know I'm gonna, you know, uh, I'm I'm a person full of integrity and faith, and I I think I'm a good leader, and I'm just gonna evaluate the people. When you give the people that are you're leading an opportunity to evaluate you, that was a light bulb moment for me. Um, when I, I I think I think you know humbly speaking, I think I'm an excellent communicator, right. and one of the things that came back. When I allowed the staff, and I even even saying aloud sounds weird, but you know what I mean. When I provided right, right. them the opportunity to evaluate me, it was that I don't communicate well. In fact, I only communicate when I have the final answer on a on a on a uh, an issue that we had been discussing as a staff. And what what they needed from me were some updates along the way on things. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. I in my mind, I'm thinking I won't bore them. Or I don't want to give them yet another update where we're, I don't have an answer or we haven't, you know, I haven't come to a final conclusion. Instead of just leaving them out of it for a full semester, give them some updates along the way. Let them know I haven't forgotten about it, that their opinion on this was important to me, even if I go in another direction. And that was a light bulb moment for me, Dr. Carson, yeah. um, because I feel like I'm extroverted. I feel like I care. I feel like I'm a good leader. And when I really got the, the the feedback from them, it was humbling as all get out, and it was a game changer for me to say, "You gotta ask them." You, can, you know, now this may vary depending on what your 
company sizes and the organization. Right, right. I was supervising 30 people, you know, um, and here maybe just about it's about that same number. You know, if you count our student athletes, that's 435 I'm responsible for. But but if you know if the people that I lead in our administration, you got to give them an opportunity um, because it may not you may not be leading the way you think you are. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think about a little bit my own leadership style is because I've heard the same feedback from me. And as a leader, I think you're like, well, I don't want to present this one scenario or how we're going to go about doing things and then come back a month later and say, you know what? Well, we're going to go in another direction because sometimes right. we feel like that chips away at our leadership capability, which it doesn't. It's just right. right. But, but you don't ever want to, or give people fodder for that you may not know what you're doing as a leader when it's totally out of your control. Exactly. um, I I so get that. I so get that. All right. um, This is good, man. This is real good. Tell me, uh, what is one thing that is really exciting to you about your leadership currently? I've really been um, re-energized, man. I, I this is my, you know, now January 18th. This is my 18th year in the in the uh, in the industry. Um, when I graduated college in 1998, I went right into becoming a graduate assistant. And you know, as we as we turn the clock on on January 18, this is year 18, and for the first time, um, I'm enjoying. I hope this comes out right. I'm enjoying not being in the trenches of some things. Um, yeah. But 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 being able to provide casting a vision um, and 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 working on my communication to make sure that the directors who um, uh, work with me that we're all on the same page. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Right as an academic guy, I may not be meeting with the kid that missed a tutor appointment, or but I'm helping provide a vision for the academic unit. I now work with the strength and conditioning unit. Um, yes, I was a college athlete, but I wasn't, you know, uh, exercise science and kinesiology and nutrition were not my area of expertise. But now I'm working with the director of sports performance uh, for our football staff and the, and all of the other what we call Olympic sports and learning about that and helping shape that vision. Um, and I'm working with our men's basketball and our football program. And I'm, I'm getting opportunities now in this senior level position that you know, you've sort of been working for your whole career, and right. uh, it's 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 been re-energizing, man. It's uh, I have to say that this last year in particular, when I was named the deputy athletic director, um, it's been the most fun part uh, of my career because you know when you when you've been in middle management and you start to rise up and you you finally get to you finally get there, it's like yes, I've had an opportunity. And all but the strength and conditioning, all of the areas I've overseen, I've been in the trenches of those areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's been fun to finally sort of help those directors provide a vision uh, for their respective areas. That, that's been fun. That's been the new challenges have been fun. Yeah, I think that is that is awesome. Vision casting is so critical. And it's one point that you mentioned that I, I want to go back and reiterate because I don't want to gloss over it, but you, you, you stated that you are working on your communication and right. there's a book called the E-Myth out there. And 
the premise of the book essentially is you can't work on your business if you're working the business. So if you're dealing in the trenches every single day, your thought process gets so jaded. Excuse me, jaded is a bad word, but it gets so consumed with the day-to-day operations, you can't get into the the larger vision and making sure that you're leveraging your words and your words are resonating with the people who are doing the day-to-day. So exactly, um, that's a great space and it's a great uh, level to be at uh, because you also have the practical experience as well of pushing everyone forward and making sure we're hitting our marks on the day-to-day operation side of it as well. That's it. It's uh, a lot. It's a lot harder to lead a unit when you haven't done the job. Right. You haven't been in there. And because you're almost having to win those people over too. when I first was in charge of academics, I wasn't necessarily an academic advisor before, and so you're you're not only trying to uh, show leadership just in general, but you're trying to show the people that you hear them, you know what their issues and concerns are, even though maybe you didn't sit in that particular chair. That, the hard that that it's hard enough being a leader, but when you haven't overseen that area before, you're almost trying to convince them too that you hear them and you have their best interests in mind. Right. And, and but you're right. When you're in the trenches, you're operating in this vacuum um, and it's hard to look outside and forecast, you know, where you want the unit to go. And so that's been really fun. I'll tell you this, too, though. Um, the other part that's been challenging is maybe because I've worked in all of the areas is empowering those people to do it their way. <laughs> um, that's hard because you're like, I would not have done it that way. You know, but if they're getting the same results or better, then it's, you know, sometimes it's not about whether how how it was done or if it was done your way. It's empowering them to have some creativity and to to do it their way and get better results. That's been difficult, too, because you want to, you you know how you've done it, especially if you experience some success in that area. You're like, just do it this way. I've seen it work. Um, right, right, and right. providing them the space to grow and do it their way and support them is is uh, is tough as a leader too. Oh, absolutely! I tell myself all the time, uh, you hired them for a reason. Now let them yes. do their job. And and there's six different ways to get to New York. Do you want to take yes. 81? Do you want to take 95? Do you want to take the major deke? Like, yes. don't don't. If people are competent. Allow them to be competent. And that that you're right. That is a tough spot about being a leader to remember that you know these folks are. Smart, Louis yes, intelligent. Right. Uh, so yeah. Well, hey, Doctor Wood, you have passed, and I think you are ready for the speed round. Are you ready All to right. take off? I am ready to take off. Here we go. What was holding you back from becoming a world class leader? Insecurity. Uh, insecurity. That that was it. I, 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 got, I had to become more confident in who I am first. You can't lead other people until you lead yourself. And the only way you can lead yourself is to become more self-aware. I was insecure, and so I was worried about how they thought about me, what they're thinking about me, what they're saying about me. It's holding you back from becoming the best person you can be. Insecurity was what exactly what was holding me back from becoming a world-class leader. What is the best leadership advice you have ever received? Best leadership advice I've ever received was from a guy named John Fagg, um, who hired me at Arkansas, and he talked about when it's time to make a tough decision, and I wish I could uh, credit the author from the book that he read, but he said, Eric, you got to clear the noise 
clear all the noise, what people want you to do, suggest you do, all the politics involved, clear the noise and do the right thing. You do what you think is the best thing at the moment with the information you have. Awesome, awesome. Do you have an Internet resource like Dropbox or Epnote that you are in love with and would love to share with Leadership Nation? You know, I was – I, I don't. I would. I would love to know what yours is. I. I. I, I don't at this point. And so, um, what. What do you use? Yeah, um, that is a great question. Uh, but I use Dropbox. Uh, to me, you use Dropbox, Dropbox. Okay. Yeah, is a way because I work on so many different platforms. You know, when I, right. I got my devices from school, it's usually an Apple. But if I got my devices from home, it's usually a, a Droid <laughs> or an gotcha. Android platform. So with Dropbox, it can cross over platforms, and I like to read a lot of articles, uh, and it's easier just to kind of upload it to this Dropbox, or I like to um, to to share pictures, and you can put it in the Dropbox, or if you have a quick uh, quote, uh, or if you're taking notes in a meeting, you can share those with Dropbox. So it's just a kind of a quick tool to help me stay organized. Ah, that's good for me. I didn't I, I didn't have one, so that was good for me to learn. Awesome, awesome. What leadership book would you recommend to Second Chance Nation? Uh, my favorite book so far, my favorite author is is, is John Gordon. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a, yeah. I love reading those his books. They're they're you know I didn't grow up just lo- you know loving to read and and and, and, and you know uh, uh, you know have books lined up for help, but I but I know that leaders are readers. Um, yeah. And so I would say that John Carpenter's um, John Gordon's The Carpenter uh, is my favorite book, um, and I, I, I taken taken notes in the in the book, and he may not even have casted it or uh, written the book to be a leadership book, but it is. And um, contrary to what you know, what we think works uh, at, at Fortune 500 companies and world class organizations, or whether you're in higher ed or a philanthropic organization. Love, serve, and care are the leadership principles that have stood the test of time. And that doesn't mean you're soft. It doesn't mean that you can't make money if you're in a in a in a for profit uh, organization or venture. You can those three principles work in any industry. I firmly believe it. I carry the book with me. I've I've put it out on social media. The parts that impacted me the most. At the end of the day. whether you're trying to make money, serve people, combination of all of it, if you love, serve, and care for those people, you'll produce. Oh, man, that is deep. I'm going to have to go pick that one up myself. You'll finish reading it in two hours, max. It's, 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 that, it's, it's impactful. Awesome, awesome. Hey, imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand-new world, which was identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have. Um, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is your laptop and five hundred dollars. What would you do for the next seven days? You know what? Um, for the next seven days, I, I, as hopefully this has been a consistent message throughout our time together, but is I'd find my why. Right, I'd have all this knowledge about who I am, what drives me, uh, what I would do for free. As we that may sound cliche, 
but what, what, what the thing that brings me enough fire, um, I would first thing I would do is start to uh, build relationships in my community in that next seven days. Who are the people around me? Um, number two, I would say I know my purpose. My purpose is to empower people. That's what fire me, fires me up. I, I get this almost I, – I just get this fire in my belly when somebody realizes who they are or what their passion is. And so I get fired up when they find out what they want to do, right? So <laughs> I know my purpose. I'm going to build relationships in that community that I live, and I'm going to find a way to get in where I fit in meaning where can I have the most impact? Is that that my local why? Is there a local university? Is there a nonprofit um, where I can still have enough money to pay my bills but wake up every morning fired up and ready to go? Yes, and even on the Monday morning when it's a Monday. You know what I mean? Like if I if I don't want to go on a Monday, it better be because I stayed up late watching football or I had a late Sunday night. I, I don't ever want to get into a position and that's why I pursued all these degrees to give myself options is I want to get up Monday and if I if I don't want to go to work on Monday I better just because I didn't sleep well Sunday night not because I'm not looking forward to going in on Monday you know um so that's that's what I would do I would build relationships and I would find a place to get in where I fit in where I can serve other people love it love it Dr. Wood even on a Monday morning, you are on fire. My on fire, man. Man, this has been so great. It has greatly enriched my soul. Uh, I miss you, brother. I love you. Uh, I love you, I too. I am miss so you, man. glad that I've had this opportunity to catch back up and, and get these nuggets of wisdom. I appreciate what you've done for Leadership Nation, and I can't wait to share this with the world. Listen, I'm humbled that you called me, and whenever you leave me, I believe in you. I believe in you as a husband, as a daddy, um, as a man. And so uh, wherever I can help and, and serve you or serve people that you are trying to lead and empower, you call me up, and I'll be there. Hey, thank you, my brother. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Greetings, Leadership Nation. This is your boy, Devon Carson. I want to say thank you very much for tuning in to this latest episode. We hope that you all enjoyed it. I do have a small ask in favor of you. Please make sure you subscribe to Second Chance Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that every Thursday you get the latest and the greatest episode. Also, we would ask that you would leave a comment and also leave a rating of five stars. Once again, your comment is invaluable to us. We want to make sure that we continue to improve the show and make sure that we are meeting all of your leadership needs. Until next time, Leadership Nation, be easy. Mm-hmm.